Welcome to The Joy of Marketing. This week I'm joined by Bree Reid from Snag Tights. Bree had several years of marketing before starting her own businesses. She's the founder of Snag, which provides properly fitting tights for women who can't find the right fit elsewhere. And looking at the Snag website, I see she's also branched out into modelling with a beautiful photo of herself and Snags on the site. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So beautiful photography, beautiful women on your site. Um, I'm guessing that that photography has been a big part of, of your success. So almost all of our photos are UGC. So we do some photo shoots with our customers, but all of the models are actually customers. And most of the photographs are ones they've taken themselves. And we find that's a really good way to to have people appear really natural and happy and content and, you know, feel in control of the experience that they're having. And I think that makes for just, you know, much nicer photographs, really. Sure. So it just took me a moment to work out UGC is user generated content. Yeah. And actually, I guess that probably also then explains um, why you've done so well on Instagram, isn't it? If you've got all of these beautiful photos. Yeah. So I think having the the visual images is a way not just being able to capture how happy you are with the product, but also to kind of share that joy. And I think something that people did very word of mouth like before, where they would talk about a product, you know, face to face with someone. Often now they do the same thing by taking a picture of themselves in it and sharing it. If it's on, you know, Instagram or they make a TikTok of it or it's on Facebook, you know, wherever they're doing it, it's a very, it's a very kind of fun thing to share and I think that helps a lot. Well I have to admit at 48 I think I'm, I'm just too old to install TikTok <laughs> but you know, actually, I think what I'm hearing is it, it sounds really like you're you're building a community rather than just a business. So we, we do get called a, a cult a lot and I think it's you know it's, it's a fun way of people connecting with each other and everybody has you know parts which are different of them and parts and normally a very shared experience of the world. And I think having, you know, tights that don't fit and finding tights that fit, kind of in a way you find your tribe with that because these are people who have lots of the same experiences, you know, not being able to buy the clothes that they want um, on the high street, you know, having issues with, you know, being represented in magazines and the media and, you know, just being represented in general. And, you know, when people find that they're not alone and actually they're in the majority, you know, 60% of women are now over a size 14. You know, this isn't isn't a kind of, you know, little backwater of people. This is the majority. And I think that does change how you feel about yourself and your experience of the world and makes you demand better. Yeah. And, you know, I just think, you know, our previous um, show had Mark from Bella and Duke. And it said Mark's, when although it's a business, it's much more than that for him. It's a real passion. Um, And this kind of sounds to me something very similar. But Snag, I get the feeling that this isn't purely a business that you're running, you know, purely from, from a commercial point of view. But, you know, it's something a bit bigger. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, the the happiness you get from it is changing people's lives. And, you know, I never would have believed something so small could make such a big difference in people's lives. But it really does. Because if you don't have tights that fit, you can't wear skirts, you can't wear dresses, you don't feel comfortable outside, you can't express your individuality in the way that you want to. And being able to express who you are in the inside, on the outside, is a, is a massive thing for people. And that's what we give them. We give them the, the, you know, the first step 
towards doing that. And we did a, a video recently with this incredible lady and she's in her gold house wearing a gold crown. Her hair's pink. Her lipstick, you know, her makeup is amazing. She wears a gorgeous outfit. And the first thing she says is, you know, before I found snags, I didn't know how to express myself. And you're looking at her and you're going, how do you not know how to express yourself? You're so fabulous. But it's this little step. She was always that way on the inside, but she, she couldn't put it together on the outside. And we can help in that in a very small way. Yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, I think so many great businesses are made looking at a market that's been forgotten about by, by everybody else. I think that's really true. I think it's, you know, it's markets that are forgotten about and people that are forgotten about. And I think as a person, you, you know, you sit in so many different markets, you're in market for so many goods all of the time. But, you know, some people get left out of that a lot more than others. And I think it's really, it's important to to show that those markets are not just large, but those people have spending power outside of that single product. I had a, an email recently from a mum and she was thanking us for the variety of women we use in our in our adverts because she doesn't want her daughter to grow up in a world where, you know, all she sees is supermodels and feels that she has to live up to that ideal. And the fact that there were people like her mum in adverts, you know, really changed that girl's perspective on, you know, what you want to be when you grow up, how you feel about your own body, how you feel about yourself. So I think there's something much, much wider that we can do that is really important. Yeah, that sounds really important, actually. So I guess just moving on on, on a little bit from from your mission to I guess some of the practicalities, which I'm sure will be interesting for you know a lot of our listeners who have their own e-commerce um, stores. I mean, is was it sort of social? Was that the, the engine of customer recruitment in your business? Yeah, so social is absolutely the the engine of all of our recruitment. So also of all of our communication. So we we recruit on social through, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok now as well. But that's also where we talk to our customers. So we don't do emails. We don't do weekly emails, monthly emails, anything like that. Instead, we talk to our customers on the platform where we first discovered them. And for us, that's been a really valuable way of, of connecting with them and maintaining those interactions. We've always said that, as our customers ask us for things, that's when we'll add them into our into our mix. And we've had a lot of requests recently for things like emails when we have you know new products in stock or when we're launching something different. So we have started to build out those things into notifications that people want. But again, it's very much what the customer wants and and what they feel is you know important for them to have a good experience with the brand. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I mean, my, my day job, anyway, Machine Labs, most of the business is, is email marketing. And I mean, I will say that our customers who email very frequently are actually seeing good short-term results. But I do sometimes question if that very heavy emailing strategy is really the right thing for the longer term. Um, and, you know, I mean, I mean, certainly what you're doing sounds much more sustainable. I think it is more sustainable. And, you know, I've, I've always seen good return in the short term with email as well. But I think it's, you know, how you want your customer to feel. And do you want them to feel, you know, like you're a brand that's selling to them? Or do you want them to feel included in the overall experience and, and part of the company? 
And we like to see ourselves very much as co-owned with our customers. So, you know, our customers are as much part of this as, as we are. And to do that, you have to then do things that they like. So, you know, we we also don't do things like, um, you know, heavy display retargeting because, again, people just get annoyed by it. So, you know, if you're inviting the customer into your brand to, like, live there and dwell there, then you can't also piss them off at the same time. So you have to choose your your marketing channels carefully to curate that experience. Yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, having just looked at your website, you know, I- there wasn't a pop-up. There weren't offers all over the website. I, I have to say, I, I actually, although obviously I'm not the target market, um, I mean, I find it quite emotional, actually. I just saw these incredibly positive images. Um, and actually, frankly, the way the weather is today in Scotland, I'm quite tempted to buy a pair of tights myself, <laughs> just for a bit of extra insulation. But you, you, you've definitely not gone down a standard direct route whatsoever on what you're doing here. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the customer has always been at the centre of those decisions. Actually, 10% of our customers are men. Um, Particularly, we have a a high number of brickies that are our customers. So when they're outside working in the winter under their jeans, they've got a pair of super warm snacks to keep them, you know, super toasty. Um, So we've actually started including images of men through the site as well, um, which has been a a little bit of a change, but I think we want to reflect who our customers are. And when 10% of your customers are men, you can't ignore them, you know, on your website as well. So we try and be as inclusive as we possibly can. And we change that by region as well. So we've got five different websites, all for different regions. And the look and feel of the images is different in each one. So that when you go to the website, it feels like it represents you as a person, you know, and it doesn't feel alien to you. You feel immediately welcome. And it's been a lot of work kind of maintaining that, but I, I think it is definitely worth it. Um, well, well, that actually does bring me on to international. Because um, I think you, you do have quite a large uh, chunk of revenue from outside the UK. And I did notice You've certainly got your site in other languages as well. How's that gone? It's going really well. So about um, 50% of our business is now in the UK and the rest is is overseas. Um, the US, Germany um, are our kind of two biggest markets, followed by kind of France and Holland. And we get increasing sales from the Far East. So at the moment, we're launching uh, an Asia website, which is our first one in Asia. We have a Russian website because it gets very cold in Russia and people need a lot of tights. We have a Canadian one, again, the same reason, an American one. And then we have a, a kind of a, a little plethora of, of European ones. So it is just really important. Australia as well is, is a massive market for us. And Again, you're completely counter-cyclical. So, you know, right now the Australian website is buy chub rub shorts, it's summer, you know, this is a great way of going out. And all the other websites are like, it's absolutely freezing. Here are some super warm types. So it gives us the ability to, to kind of customize it in those ways as well. Do you know, I absolutely love the name Chub Rub. <laughs> it's just, a, that's a brilliant brand. <laughs> um, and and is, is it just the same social channel that's worked in just the same way as you've rolled out internationally? Yep, so it's the same social channel. We um, we ask our customers lots of things. We asked them about whether or not they wanted social channels in their own language, and they said no. They preferred to have it in 
in English. And if it was a really important announcement, they'd like a translation at the bottom. Um, so we do that in German particularly. Um, and that's kind of how everyone wants to engage with it because you want to feel part of the the wider community, you know, rather than just a, a kind of small part. So, you know, people seem to like it, like it better that way. Yeah, great. And obviously, you know, even the best tights don't last forever. Um, I mean, do, do you do anything around sort of retention or reactivation or do you, is that just, just all organic? So about 70% of our customers come back to, to buy again. So it's it's a high number. And again, you know, we find that's that's very natural. And because we're talking to them all the time on social as well, sometimes that will be because, you know, they need a new pair of something they've already bought or they want to buy into, you know, one of our limited editions or they want to try a completely new thing that we've launched. So we find that there's a lot of, of repeat purchase. Um, and that's something we are concentrating on a little bit more now during COVID because, it's easier to sell to people who already know, you know, the quality and will go, all right, I better buy this for when I can go outside again, rather than, you know, leave it. And I know they won't have it back, you know, later on in the year. So it's, it's definitely been part of our COVID strategy to sell more to existing customers. I have to say, I mean, 70% of customers reordering is is astounding. I mean, that that is way over really the the sort of benchmark that you would expect um and obviously that also indicates that customers obviously absolutely love the product um or there's there's no way you would have um, such a huge reorder rate i guess the other thing with such passionate customers is that there's bound to be a lot of referral i mean do you do, you do anything to encourage that or, or do you just let it happen naturally we've thought about it but we'd, we'd let it happen naturally, I think, because it's just a much more authentic interaction. You know, hey, i got these amazing tights. They're called snag tights. They completely changed my life. It's so much better than, oh, you know, you could get a 10% discount if you use my code when you buy this product. So it's like we, we try and keep all of our interactions as authentic as possible. So we we haven't gone down the, the kind of recommendation route and, you know, it, it still works. We're, we're there for people, particularly if um, we have this scheme where if you buy a pair of tights and you bought the wrong size, we'll send the right size out to you again. And we'll ask you to pass that pair of tights onto somebody else who could use them. And I think that's a really kind of genuine way of doing it. So, you know, we know that happens quite a bit, which is a nice way of, you know, spreading word and kind of trial without being too... Um, yeah, too rigid in the way we, we implement it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And it, I mean, to be honest, even as a consumer myself, um, I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable about almost monetizing my friends, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, I've got something good I want to recommend to them. I don't think, I, I don't think, you know, I, I need a, a five or something. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And certainly when I've actually tried, retention schemes I, I'm really not sure I got any more sorry recommendation schemes I don't think I've got any more recommendation than I had before I launched the thing in the first place so I guess I suppose my other question then just on marketing I know you've done a lot of offline marketing in the past I mean have you thought about moving some sort of spend offline as well we're actually um, we're trialing type TV now for the first time in Germany so we're doing a, a three-month test in Germany 
And it's a it's an interesting kind of process for us. Because we're very used to being able to control ad spend on a day by day basis, you know, pushing it where we need to push it and being very proactive with it. And we're kind of sitting there now. It's been live for 20 days and we're just like, we can't, we can't do anything. We can't change it. We can't, you know, we can't make it work harder for us. And it, which is quite a frustrating feeling. Um, but I think it's, it's also important to, you know, do stuff like that to particularly in new regions to get that kind of brand awareness up and where you have a little bit more reticence about buying online. It does give you a kind of legitimacy. So, you know, I wouldn't say at this point we'd do it again, um, but it's definitely something we're prepared to test. That's interesting. Just on the subject of testing, I know that you've, you're a very data-driven person, um, but a lot of what I'm seeing on Snag is actually quite a lot of steps way beyond data. Um, so I'm quite interested in how, you, in how you have that balance when you think about marketing between looking at the numbers, but also just, I know, thinking from the heart sometimes as well. It's definitely that the other part of it is is asking your customers. And I think that's the bit that gives me, you know, real um, surety about those heart decisions, because what you'll do is you'll, you know, you'll look at the data. If you want to do something else, you go, I feel this is the right way to do it. And then I'll have a discussion with our customers on Instagram or on Facebook and go, look, this is what we're thinking. You know, do you think it will work? And if they're all going, yeah, no, I think that would be great. You know, you've got it right. And if they're like, yeah, no, that doesn't really sit well with me. You're kind of like, yeah, that's that's not a great decision. So we've kind of got, you know, inbuilt focus groups, which which help us make better decisions. And I think that's probably been the strongest thing we've done. And that, of course, is one of the fantastic things about social as a marketing channel, isn't it? Is you, you get that feedback so quickly, good, good or bad. And I will say I've had both <laughs> over the years, but you're certainly never in a position where you're left wondering what people think. Exactly. And, and you know, we regularly have, you know, we, we cough it up all the time and have really bad, you know, posts where people are like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You can't use that word. You can't say things like that. And, you know, immediately we'll, we'll change it and we'll listen to them. We've actually got to the point now where we have a WhatsApp group of our largest detractors. So people who have been most negative about previous posts and We've asked them very much to help us, you know, going forward. So now if we do anything that's even vaguely controversial, we'll um, we'll talk to them in the WhatsApp group about the right, you know, not about whether or not we should say the controversial thing, but that we use the right words to, to say it so people can concentrate on the actual thing that we're saying and not go, you know, you said that in the wrong way. And that's that's working really well. Um, and that was after having, you know, quite a few incidents where we just, you know, got it slightly wrong. Um, so that's what we do at the moment. But, I mean, it's incredibly hard to do anything powerful in marketing and, and not be a little bit controversial for at least some people, isn't it? Yeah, and, I, you know, I like us being controversial and, you know, we are controversial a lot. What I don't want to do is, you know, offend anyone based on, you know, uh, you know the, the way they perceive themselves. And I think a lot of the issues we have are around things like, you know, the term plus size, real women, um, real people and that stuff, you know, you have to kind of negotiate quite, you know, quite carefully. So, you know, calling a a fat woman a real woman is not an okay thing because all women are real women, you know, and all 
people who identify as women are real women. So you have to be really, really careful about that terminology. So, you know, that group help us helps us pick our words to make sure that the controversial thing we say, you know, can be controversial, but nobody's sagging us off for, you know, not approaching it in, in the correct framework. Thank you very much, uh, Bree Reed from Snag. And I think that was just a really inspiring story. If you want to know more about Machine Labs and our marketing app for Shopify, just search Machine Labs. See you next week on The Joy of Marketing. Mm-hmm.